Welcome to the Real Live Sports Talk. Today, we're going to be talking NBA offseason moves and Manny Pacquiao's win over Keith Thurman. Let's get it going. First thing we're going to talk about is the 76ers. The 76ers let Jimmy Butler go and they bring in Josh Richardson in a signing trade. To me, Josh Richardson is a good player, quality player, and a good starting player. Um, He averaged 16.6 points per game for Miami last year. But does he bring the intensity that Jimmy Butler does to the Sixers? Jimmy Butler belonged in Philadelphia. That crowd, that intensity... Jimmy fit right in there. And the Sixers let him go, I'm guessing, from a dispute with the contract. What they were willing to get him and what he was willing to accept. Now, I think Josh is a great defender. He's going to help the Sixers out. He's going to start. That's no question there. He's going to start. He's going to knock down threes. He's basically a 3 and D guy, but he can also get to the hoop too. He's not as defensive locked down as Jimmy was. And we don't know yet if he can make big shots like Jimmy did. But he's a young player, starting quality. He has a lot of room to get better. Now, the Sixers bring in Josh Richardson with a signing trade for Jimmy Butler. Then they bring in Al Horford. The guy who stopped and beat every time they played. So if you can't beat him, join him, right? So they bring in Al Horford. He's here now. The Sixers just looks like they love big men, man. Horford will play alongside Embiid. He will probably play the power forward position. But he can also stretch the floor. So he may not down jump shots, leave space for Embiid to work. You know, he'll do his thing. Embiid needs to get down in the post and stay down there. Every now and then, two or three threes a game, I can deal with. But Embiid needs to stay down in the post and work. Horford will help stretch the floor. Ben Simmons, we already know he can get to the basket. He needs to work on his jump shot. He needs to work on his jump shot. If Simmons can get an 18-footer down pat, coming off that pick and roll, teams now have to back up. Now, you got teams sagging off. Defenders by the foul line, while he's by the three-point line, he won't even take the three. That needs to improve for the Sixers to win. No doubt. Um... Kyle Quinn, another center. Guy has heart. Guy plays with intensity. Love that pickup by the Sixers. Definitely. All right, I'm definitely excited to talk about this team right here. The Utah Jazz. The Jazz traded for Mike Conley. Um, they bring in Boban Bajanovic. They still have Rudy Gobert. So they're definitely... 
are going to be a top five team in the West. Um, the combination of Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell together, one-two punch in that backcourt. Boban's going to give you tough defense and knocking down threes. And Gobert going to do what he does in the low post. Um, I want to say this. Mike Conley gets busy. He doesn't get mentioned in the top point guards in the league, but Mike Conley gets busy. So I expect him to do what he do and Donovan to do what he do on the Jazz, and they're going to be a problem. I'm thinking a top five team in the West. Put it like this. Their defense was already good last year. Conley and Boban are going to give them more, more scoring. Boban's probably going to be the third option. Gobert and Boban are both be the you know third option there. But Gobert does what he does, man. Grabs, rebounds, blocks, socks, gives energy. Mike Conley's going to get busy off the pick and roll. And Donovan Mitchell is going to do what he do. We know what he do. Steals. Pick and roll. Jump shots. All that. He does everything. So that team is definitely going to be a problem. I mean, they're coached up very well to play defense, and their defense is just smothering on teams. Their offense is going to improve now with those two acquisitions, but their defense was definitely a problem, and I believe it's going to be a problem this year because Bobon is going to be a solid defender at small forward. Mike Conley is going to be a solid defender at point guard. We know Donovan Mitchell is a solid defender. And we all know what Rudy does, man. We know what Rudy Gobert does in that low post. It's like a brick wall when you go down there, man. It's a brick wall. I love what the Jazz did with these two acquisitions, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do this year. Let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets bring in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Two of the top free agents. Um, what are they getting here? Kyrie's leadership capabilities have been questioned because he had a drama-filled year with Boston. Um, he brought his buddy along, Kevin Durant. And now they're in the East. Now the East is getting better. We know this. Um, but the West is still the stronger conference, but the East is definitely getting better. So KD is most likely out for this season. I hope to see him back, but people are saying he's not going to be back. Um, so Kyrie's going to go into this thing year one alone. Is Kyrie an upgrade over D'Angelo Russell? To me, yes. So... Kyrie's now going to the bright lights. I mean, he's always been in the bright lights, but this is New York City. And a team they had last year, if D'Angelo Russell can take them that far, Kyrie can do it. And when Kevin Durant comes back, my Lord, these two guys are going to tear the East up. You can't stop Durant. Durant's seven feet tall. You like to say 6'10 or 6'11. But Kevin Durant's seven feet tall, shooting threes, pulling up from all over the court. He can drive past you, got handles. Kyrie has handles. 
He can slash and dice in the lane. He can shoot threes. Gets to the foul line. And then the role players that the Nets have, Joe Harris, Dinwiddie, Levert played great last year. These guys are still on the team. The center, Allen, was crazy on the defensive part, blocking shots. So to me, the Nets got way better. They won the Battle of New York. I have no idea what the Knicks are doing. Nobody does. Nobody does. <laughs> they just gave a bunch of second and third tier guys first tier money to use up cash base. I get it, business. I understand that. Um, but the Nets have vastly improved and they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. We're talking about two of the top players in the NBA, Kyrie and Kevin Durant in New York. They're going to be a problem. The Knicks are an afterthought. Pretty much any team in the East besides Michael Jordan and the Hornets who decided to not pay Kimball Walker the best player you've had on the Hornets, Michael, since you own the team. But we're not going to talk about that. It's for another segment, another day. When Durant comes back, they're going to be the team to beat in the East. I think, you know, the Sixers still going to be there. Boston has great talent. But nobody has the Nets talent. If it gels together, they're going to be a problem. The Sixers might be the Nets' toughest task. Now, this year, they just have Kyrie. They're going to make the playoffs. It's the East. But if Kyrie leadership comes together... And they win games, and that, and they gel together. The Nets are going to be a problem in the East. Um, I think in Boston last year, Kyrie, a lot of guys that were touching the ball. Kyrie needs to have the ball to make plays. I think a lot of other guys were upset about that because they felt like they made it far in the playoffs last year without Kyrie you know and they didn't want to they feel like that was the formula and the formula wasn't changed to where it fit Kyrie and still have the other guys feeling like they were still the same team um I like Dinwiddie I like what he does coming off the bench I like Levert Levert's a problem my man got hurt. He came back last year. Levert is a problem. Um, we see what he did alongside uh, D'Angelo Russell. Now we're going to see what he does inside KD and Kyrie. Kyrie and Kyrie are already superstar players. Not all-star. We got an all-star guy. Kyrie is a superstar player. 
Kevin Durant's a superstar player. Those two together will take, I'm going to say, a few games, maybe the first half of the season, to gel together. But Kyrie will already have that gel with the guys. KD just got to fit in. Um, I'm just excited, man. You know, I know the Brooklyn Nets are excited. <laughs> you landed two of the biggest free agents. Um, it's just going to be exciting to watch. If you're the Nets or KD, I think KD will sit out the whole year, come as, come back 100% healthy. We see what happened, what happened with Golden State. We had a lot of rumbles about Golden State and their medical staff. So, <laughs> you know, um, the Nets are going to be cautious with KD. Even if that means the Nets get bounced, you know, in the playoffs early or middle, you know, they still going to be cautious with KD. I wouldn't rush KD back. I don't think they'll rush KD back. Atkinson's a good coach. He coached those young guys up the ball and played against the Sixers, and they pushed the Sixers. The Sixers just were a more dominant team, but the Nets showed heart, and they played every game like it was the elimination game. So for me, adding Kyrie and KD to that makes them a way better team, a way better team. So I'm excited and ready to see like what we're going to see from the Nets, man. I'm very excited about this, you know, so I'm going to be tuned into that. You know, but don't think because KD's not playing that the Nets are not going to be a good team. They're going to be a good team with Kyrie because Kyrie's an upgrade from D'Angelo Russell. Kyrie's the best one-on-one isolation player right now because he can break you down. You know, he'll break you down, have you look like you're on skates. Kyrie the bus driver, man. That's what he is. Kyrie's the bus driver. You going where Kyrie wants you to go. He wants you going left, he, you going left. He wants you to go right, you going right. You can't stay in front of him. So, we're going to see, man. But, yeah, the Nets got Joe Harris, LaVert, you know, Denway, just those three guys right there. Allen, those four guys, and Kyrie can make an impact on the East. It's going to be tough to see when the Nets travel west, but in the East, they'll be pretty solid. I believe that. All right, let's talk about these L.A. Lakers. Magic's gone. LeBron unchated the whole squad to get A.D. Dysfunctional in the front office. Allegations made of people being stabbed in the back. Just craziness in Lakers Nation. Kawhi, y'all thought was coming to L.A. He bamboozled y'all. So y'all ended up with DeMarcus Cousins, Danny Green, Quinn Cook, guys like Avery Bradley, Rondo, Troy Daniels, those guys. Is that enough for the king? Can LeBron get back to the playoffs? Forget playoffs. Can he get back to the finals with this squad? AD forces his way out of New Orleans. 
wants to be in LA. So everybody where they want to be now. Can LeBron stay healthy? So questions I'm wondering here. Last year was his first injury where we really didn't see him play. And he didn't make the playoffs. But the Lakers played good until he got hurt. Um, LeBron wants to play more point guard. You know, you got Kuzma still. Can all this work out? Do the Lakers have the roster to win? They have done those but to make it to the finals. It's finals a bust for LA. Finals a bust. They made such a fuss about getting AD. He's here. LeBron, best player in the world. AD, one of the top five best players in the world. Lakers are finals or bust for me. You got Cousins. If he played anywhere he played before he went to Golden State, before he got injured, my Lord, look out. Let's translate over to the Clippers here. Let's talk both LA teams. Kawhi pulled the shaft. Talk to the Clippers. Told the Clippers, I want Paul George. Steve Ballmer, Jerry West, Doc Rivers, they went out and got Paul George. The Clippers was already a playoff team. They took Golden State, I believe, five or six games when they had KD. So by adding Kawhi and Paul George... Puts them in pretty good condition to be in the finals. When we talk about comparing rosters. The Lakers got Danny Green. Clippers got Lou Williams. Don't see no comparison there. Danny Green's a 3 and D guy. Lou Williams is a bad man. Two-time, six-man off the bench. Probably more than that by now. But y'all get my gif. Montrez Harrell was also in contention for six man of the year. So what? The Clippers gave up Gallinari and Alexander and a load of picks. See, people forget Paul George was in the MVP conversation. Averaging 27 points per game last year. Being a killer. In OKC, I'm going to say it, a killer. This Paul PG was a killer in OKC. He was lighting it up. If Russ would have got himself together and they go in a slump in the second half of the season, OKC could have did more. So, can the Clippers get it done? I think the Clippers could be in the finals. I think L.A. could be in the finals. I mean, either L.A. team could be in the finals. But I'm excited to see when these two teams play, who comes out on top. How it all gels together for each team. I'm just hoping the Lakers can have a good season. 
and not have any more turmoil like they had last year. Um, head coach Frank Vogel, you know, he's on a two or three year deal. Jason Kidd waiting to take his job. Don't see how that's dysfunctional. But he, he agreed to the contract, so he knew what he was agreeing to. LA is just a mess, man. Just a mess. Back over some, to the Clippers. They got Doc, champion coach. He coached up them boys last year to go head-to-head with Golden State. If Paul George plays any way like he played on OKC in a regular season next year for the Clippers, they're going to be a problem. We all know what Kawhi is going to do. It's Kawhi. Kawhi is the silent killer. My man don't play no game. Defense, offense, rebounds, steals. We talk about a leader leads by example. No need for words. This is how I play. Get on my back. I carry y'all. And Kawhi's going to take games off. So PG's going to take over. It's going to be hard to stop the Clippers in the fourth quarter in the close game. Kawhi on the floor. Lou Williams on the floor. Paul George on the floor. Montrez Harrell banging down there with the big boys. It's going to be tough. But when I sit back and I compare rosters, the Lakers got a decent roster behind them too. So it'll be interesting to see who's going to be the king of L.A. But if you're the Lakers or Clippers, that shouldn't matter. We should be worried about finals or busts for both of you guys. Finals or busts. I don't hear any excuses for LeBron this year. We're top heavy. We need more of this. We need more. Get out there and play. You're the best player in the world. Taking over these games. Stop giving up the ball. When the game on the line, you know. But if LeBron feels the urge to do that, you AD, you in LA where you wanted to be, it's your town, take over. I'm very excited, man. It's going to be a great season this year. There's going to be a lot for us to talk about, I'm sure. But the Clippers-Lakers matchups in the Staples Center is going to be something to watch. The Lakers of dysfunction and the Clippers of structure. Because the Clippers have structure there. L.A. is LeBron the GM. Frank Vogel has no control. I mean, you know, these things are going to come up. So, you know, we're going to see. We're going to see. All right. So, I don't want to get a chance to talk about all the teams in the NBA today and their off seasons. We got through a few, a couple, you know. But there's one team I cannot let slide, and that's the Charlotte Hornets and their owner, Michael Jordan. The Hornets are trash. And now without Kimball Walker, 
Nobody wants to watch the Hornets. At all. You guys had a star, an all-star, and Kimball Walker. You guys disrespected him by giving him that trash deal. Disrespectful deal after he carried your franchise when they were garbage for years. Um, now you guys end up with Teddy Rozier. I'm going to tell y'all now. Until I see something this year from Terry Rozier, he's not better than Kimba Walker. He's not as exciting as Kimba Walker. And your team might average 10 more points than you did last year. How you don't resign Kimba? Your all-star. Puts bodies in the seats. All that good stuff. It's crazy to me. But since nobody else wants to say it, I'm going to come out and say it. Michael Jordan, the GOAT, the greatest player of all time, is one of the worst owners I've ever seen in any sport. Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets are garbage. Now, I will say Malik Monk, still wait for him to come out and blossom and turn into a star. If he can, we hope that Miles Bridges will do something. But outside of that, what are we watching the Hornets for? Why? To watch them lose? To me, the Hornets are a little bit better than the Knicks. Not even a little bit better. The Hornets and Knicks are on the same level. You got Nicholas Batum. You gave him that deal. Where's Waldo? Where's Nicholas Batum? We ain't seen him. Ain't seen him. Where's that guy we see in Portland? Gone. You got Bismack Biombo. He had that one little run with Toronto in the playoffs. We were snatched up the rebounds left and right. You gave him all that money. And he's sitting on your bench. Not even playing. Did Michael Jordan get the memo? Or the handbook of how to be an owner. I don't think he did. Your team is supposed to improve year by year. The Charlotte Hornets are the Cleveland Browns of two years ago. Just never win. They win games. But they're not they're mediocre and bad at the same time. Sometimes they give you that mediocre performance and they're good. Then they give you this terrible performance. So, Michael Jordan. You got Kimba. He wants to return. Says he'll take less than the Super Max. And you guys go lower than what he asked for after you offer to take less? You're a best player? What are we watching the Hornets for? You know, with guys teaming up nowadays with everybody, you got an all-star like Kimber willing to stay and carry your franchise because they're garbage. 
You let my man walk. So we're here today. This is what I'm going to do. For me. If Michael Jordan doesn't get this team together in the next five to just five years. <laughs> if the Knicks don't get together in another five years. NBA needs to add an expansion team. I don't want to watch the Hornets. I don't want to watch the Knicks. The Hornets are a small market team. A lot of players are not going to want to go there. But you had a chance to pull in some all-star, maybe not superstar caliber, but all-star caliber players. And you get rid of the only all-star you have. I don't understand it. All I know is the Hornets are trash. The Bobcats were garbage. Now the Hornets are garbage. Maybe I'll change the name for a third time and move. You'll get better. But me sitting here today, I'm letting you know your team is garbage. Nobody wants to watch them play. And let your all-star player go. And I get it. It's business, luxury tax, and all those type of things. But if you knew you had to eventually sign Kemba, why sign Bismack to that deal? He's not that type of player. So he's a defensive rebounding guy. Given that big contract. Marvin Williams been on the team since you had it. I know. He's North Carolina alumni. But is he making your team better? You guys draft terrible. Y'all keep being at the top of the draft. At least in the top 10. Top 15. You could have some solid players. Some solid role players. And all-star out of that. Only all-star you guys have was Kimba. Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time. You need to get that team together, man. We want to see greatness from the great player. Sometimes analytics don't work. I'm an eye test guy, too. A guy in college can be an awesome scorer and then come to the NBA and be garbage. Adam Morrison, okay? Gonzaga. Jimmer Fredette. There's analytics for you. Jimmer Fredette was playing over in China somewhere. Came back over to the G League. He's scoring 28, 25 points in college. There's your analytics, Michael. There's none. You need to get out there, watch these guys play, take some scouting trips yourself, oversee your organization a little better, and get a better team because you guys are garbage. You You let your best player go. I will not turn on the Hornets game. There's no need to watch. There's not much more for me to say here. The Hornets need to get it together. Give it to the analytics. I don't understand that. I don't understand analytics in basketball. I mean, to a certain degree, it works. But like I said, you got these high-volume scores from the Sun Conference. And it's the Sun Conference. Got high scores out there. 32, 34 points. They ain't even getting drafted. I can go down and list the names all day. Guys who score a lot of points. Because we're talking analytics for the Hornets. And we're garbage in the NBA. Garbage. I want to see Michael get his team together, man. That's why I'm hard on him. I want to see that team get together. The greatest player of all time should have 
a top five team in the conference or a top eight team. He used to make the playoffs in the conference. I get the Kimba deal. You know, maybe they didn't want to fight against luxury tax. But he was your best player. You needed him. And I don't believe Terry Rozier could carry a team like Kemba did. But the Hornets might prove me wrong this year, but I doubt it. Because Michael Jordan's Hornets are garbage. Now, finally, we're going to talk the Manny Pacquiao-Keith Thurman fight. Not going to get too much into it. But boy, did Manny show that he can still box. Keith Thurman, undefeated. Pacquiao. What more can we ask for in that fight? Pacquiao put down undefeated Keith Thurman. And I saw flashes of Pacquiao that... Reminds me of the old Pacquiao. I don't think he lost a step. It looks like he bulked up a little bit. Um, Keith Thurman definitely has power. And he was nailing Pacquiao with those. But Pacquiao's speed and power overcame the legend of what was Keith Thurman. If I'm Keith Thurman, I'm looking for a rematch with Pacquiao. You were undefeated. We're talking like you want to knock Pacquiao out. Pacquiao never seen power like this. And he never felt punches like this. So you get in there with Pacquiao and you throwing them punches. You know, punches that he never felt power like. And he winds up and he puts you out. I mean, it's not much to say there. Pacquiao did his thing. And still doing this thing. And if we're talking about legacies, you know, we all know Floyd, the undefeated legacy of Floyd Mayweather. But Pacquiao's legacy has me right up there. Pacquiao ain't never ducked no fights that I've seen. Pacquiao fights anybody and everybody who wants to fight him. So this segment was just more about the legend of what is Pacquiao. What's left for Pacquiao to do? At this age, the same age that He's kind of around Mayweather's age. He's putting out undefeated champions. Um, I would love to see Keith Thurman get his rematch, but at this point, it's nothing really left for Pacquiao to do to fight another undefeated person or a rematch with Mayweather. I would like to see the Mayweather-Pacquiao rematch and Pacquiao retire after that fight. So we'll see, man. But thank you guys, man, for tuning in today, man. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you guys. One love. We out.